The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the topic of today is right action. <clears throat> and right action is usually defined as the avoidance of three things. Avoidance of killing, avoidance of taking what is not given, and avoidance of um, sexual misconduct. <clears throat> and some people would prefer that things are not stated negatively and not stated as prohibitions because it's restrictive and limits them. And it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't really make them a better person just to not do something. And they would rather have something that's more uplifting as a guideline. And um, so the tradition itself will sometimes say that the flip side of these, or it goes along with them, is that not killing goes along with compassion. That um, uh, not taking what is not given goes along with either generosity, or sometimes they talk about contentment, but generosity, kind of the opposite. And that um, avoiding sexual misconduct is sometimes goes with respect. Sometimes they talk about contentment also there. And they're kind of like two sides of the same hand. You know, it depends which side you're looking at. And some people prefer the more positive expressions. But the thing about the positive expressions is that it's not so clear how those are manifested. It's not so clear how to be compassionate. It's not so clear how to be generous. It's not so clear how to be respectful. Even though they're important values. There's, and so it gets kind of fuzzy and kind of vague. Like what's actually being, being said here? Whereas there's more clarity around don't kill. It's a, you know, there might be some ambiguity occasionally, but you know, the idea of, and you might have questions about the appropriateness and the inappropriateness of that guideline, but it's kind of clear what not killing is. It's kind of clear, uh, you know, what not stealing is or taking what not's given is, you know, it's like, and sexual misconduct hopefully is pretty clear, you know, what that is. The, um, and so having that line of uh, the more the restraining or the abstaining line uh, adds a clarity that some people find very helpful because um, if it's vague, they tend to look, find, look for the loopholes or they tend not to restrain themselves as much. And, um, and so it's kind of very clear guidelines. This is what we can do. But still, there is a flip side, which is meaningful. And I like to think of these two as going hand in hand. I don't know if that's, I can't use that metaphor now if there's two sides of the same hand. But <laughs> but they go together. The, um, that um, that uh, it's not just a matter of refra- refraining from killing, but it's actually looking at the world through the eyes of compassion, having that as a reference point. It's not a matter of just taking what's not given, but looking at the uh, world through the eyes of generosity. It's not just a matter of avoiding sexual misconduct, but looking at the world through the eyes of respecting people in a deep way. And so uh, these are important qualities along the path of practice. Remember, we're talking about the path of practice. The Eightfold Path is a path that leads to liberation. So we're not talking about being a good person for its own sake. We're not talking about morality for its own sake. Don't do these things. 
we're talking about what are the, what, what are the, what's the activities that support the path to liberation. If you want to go be as liberated and as free as you can, take this Buddhist path as far as you want, um, as far as possible, then um, these are really important activities to engage in or activities to not do. If you're not interested in the Buddhist path to liberation, then, you know, then be a good person (laughs) the best you can. But, um, but, you know, it's it's a different, different kind of discussion. So uh, there's uh, the idea of liberation, of freedom, which is you know can be a very high goal and possibility for us. Uh, doesn't come free. It isn't like you know what a, you know good idea, um, but rather requires something of us and requires set, setting to putting together the conditions that support that and make that possible. And um, so, for example, if the um, highest goal of liberation is to be true, to live in the truth, then it just doesn't make sen- any sense to lie because that goes clearly against it. And, um, you know, the essence of the Dharma is non-harming. In fact, uh, the ancient uh, quote, the passage is that the characteristic of the Dharma is non-harming. It's kind of in- inherent in this whole thing. And so if that's kind of the purpose, the goal, the be-all and end-all of the dharmas, non-harming, then if that's what you want, it doesn't make sense to go and do things which are cause harm. Um, so, so, you know, what, what's the conditions that allow for this? But also the role of compassion, the role of generosity, the role of contentment, the role of respect is very important. And so the question for you is, just like in the morning, similar to the morning, uh, what is the benefits and value that compassion, generosity, and respect have for someone walking in the path of practice? How do you benefit from those things? How can you uh, find more value from them? How can you apply them to your life in a more useful way so they support you in your practice, support you in your meditation, support you in your life. Um, what are the benefits from being more often in touch with compassion, more often in touch with generosity, more often in touch with respect? I be, I'm co- confident that all of you here uh, have a wonderful capacity for compassion, for generosity, and for respect of others. And I suspect that occasionally that's not at the forefront of your heart and your mind, that you forget sometimes. And probably there are, there's a, probably there are times you can, it's probably possible to have it a little bit more often a part of your life, more frequently uh, touch into your capacity for compassion, have it awoken, more often be reminded of generosity and come from that place, more often reminded of respect and see if you can come from that place. Why would you do that? Why go to the effort and trouble of doing that? I mean, you know, life is difficult and you have a lot to do already. Why would you bother, you know, add one more thing to stress that life? So why? What value, what benefit does you, do you get in your practice from, in your life from being generous, compassionate, and respectful? independent of the benefit others get from it. So others might get a lot of benefit, 
But what benefit do you get? How does it support you in your practice to come from those places, to be in touch with that? Does that make sense as a question? That's the topic. And uh, I thought it would be nice to do it the same way, groups of five, and uh, go around and circle, make you know, relatively brief statements that offer something, one thing. Don't offer more than one thing. And then go around. If you have three points you want to make, Wait three times to go around and make them all. Just go make one, contribute to the group, the group thing that's happening, and then uh, let the group thing kind of evolve by what, through your offerings and what you hear and see where it goes. Make sense? So if um, groups of five, and if, uh, again, if uh, I can facilitate, if someone doesn't find a group easily because of the count, it's not, we're not multiples of five, just walk towards the front, and uh, that should help. Self together. Check in with yourself, see how you are, what's going on. And then breathing for another minute or so, and maybe as you exhale, just letting go of your thoughts, letting go of what happened, relaxing, getting ready for something new. Okay, so um, I thought of actually doing the same <clears throat> kind of sequence as we did this morning in, the, in, that, in this kind of way. So now to uh, pair up with someone else, and I recommend someone of the same gender, and then share with each other your, um, you know, uh, your personal response, issues you have with generosity, compassion, and respect, especially kind of in relationship to the, these first, those three precepts as well. Uh, what are the issues you have with it? What are the challenges? What are the intentions? What are the inspirations? Uh, what um, you know, what's your personal relationship to these, these three qualities, these three kind of motivations, a way of being? And um, again, you don't have to 
share anything that you're not comfortable with sharing. So you can just, if there's something that's inside of you that you don't want to share, you keep it inside. You don't have to, you're not, it's not required to share what you don't want to share. But And um, and in the same way as I said this morning, so it'll be discussing with two people. And it's best, you know, remember, uh, uh, long monologues, this is not that, we do that sometimes. We have, you know, the long, long monologue exercise. And there's a time and place for that. But this is not the time for that. This is a time for a relatively short offer something and then let the other person have a chance to say something and offer something and go back and forth and explore something that way and see where, see where it goes and where it evolves. Um, if you're both kind of you know, going back and forth, you know, being influenced by what each other says and things like that. And um, so in the idea of respect, I, you know, if you're comfortable with it, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, here I'm pairing respect with as the opposite of somehow, somehow the opposite of avoiding sexual misconduct. So, um, the, what's the relationship between respect and uh, sexual relations? If you want to talk about that or share that, that could be interesting. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you're paired by gender. It's a little easier sometimes that way. And um, so, um, so if you could, uh, is that clear enough? You have a question? Yes. With a, with someone of a different group? Yeah, I would suggest you, if, if, if it's easy enough, find someone from a different group than the people that you were, from a different group than the p- group you were in just now. I think somehow that's nice, but it's not, not you know, it's okay to. Is there anything else? Any qu- is it clear? So why don't you... So we're coming to our end in a little bit. <clears throat> so would anybody like to share something of that discussion with the rest of us? Anything that was, you learn anything or surprised by anything or any, anything that came out for you that you'd like to share? Uh, <laughs> what came up in uh, both phases, uh, I think we were appreciating how when you look at those positive ones, how much they reinforce each other. Uh, to be generous, you have to have respect for the person you're being generous to. Uh-huh. Great. Okay. Very nice. So they work together. So I discovered, for me, a new aspect of generosity that I wasn't aware of before. Um, It was in situations where I might feel left out and perhaps envious of what somebody else is experiencing. 
maybe they seem to be having more fun than I'm having or whatever. And I realized that I wasn't being generous at those times. Mm. I was wanting that fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I think it feels like a real opening just being aware of that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. In the back there, up on the stage. So I feel um, generosity is a is an interesting issue today because I see a lot of generosity among total strangers. You know, you go online, you see a bunch of strangers helping each other, answering each other's questions. And there isn't that much generosity among people who know each other. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think people are altruistic, but they are afraid their altruistic uh, inclination will be taken advantage yeah. by the people and they associate with, you know. And uh, so they instead, they'd rather be generous to total strangers than people they know. It can be it feels safer that way sometimes if you don't have to, but if you know them directly, then who knows what is going to follow from that? And it gets, relationships can get complicated. Then you're right. Thank you. Yes, is there another mic, or we can bring that back here. So, um, while having a conversation, we realized that uh, generosity, compassion, respect are like really balanced um, emotions. Because uh, it seems like with generosity, like you can go really crazy with it, <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like really hoarding and controlling. And same with like sexuality, one can go towards like repression or like go through the other side of the pendulum which is like aggression so everything is like going into these pendulums and like finding that balance Mm. within yourself and I think these three things are like brings in things into balance great very nice thank you I got a tangible benefit right now, and I thank the people that were in my groups and that I talked to to help me, which is that um, I have a volunteer commitment Saturday night, and there's also the 49ers game, and I wanted to see that, and it's been driving me crazy. And someone in my group said that if you're generous, then it can kind of... Um, <laughs> if, if, if you're generous, it can stop that self-judging voice. And, and stop that aspiration that I wish I could be a better person. And it just clicked for me. It's like, I'm just going to go do my volunteer commitment. And I'm not screwed up about the, not, there'll be another football game. <laughs> and, and, and because my volunteer commitment is generosity, it just ended that voice. Done. There's a benefit. Wonderful. <laughs> in, the, in the back, there's... I was just curious, did that friend of yours uh, say to be a generous person, you might want to give the ticket to somebody? 
Great. So thank you all. So if, uh, in the beginning of the day, I suggested an interpretation, which no one's ever said this is actually the case, but that the word uh, uh, karma, uh, here was translated as right action, right karma, uh, uh, has an original meaning of sacred action. And that uh, when we talk about these three restraints, or talk about coming from compassion or um, generosity and respect, that if you don't like the words respect, uh, a sacred, uh, we're pointing to some of the deepest, most tender, uh, important places in people's hearts. And that we are the caretakers of each other and the caretakers for ourselves. And that the actions we do and how we live our lives um, is not independent of caring for what's deepest inside of ourselves and what's deepest in the, in the hearts of our community. And so the, um, uh, I think that there's a way of looking upon these three, uh, uh, the right action, these three uh, abstentions of right action, three things to avoid, as not just simply rules of restraint, but rather pointing to something very beautiful and profound, wonderful precious uh, in each of us and in our community and our relationship with each other. And as it says in my, the current newsletter article, and if you, if you haven't seen it, I have an article in the newsletter that's by the door about the Eightfold Path and how it's an expression of the mutual benefit, mutual support that we can offer each other. And the context for the whole Buddhist path is one of mutuality, mutual support. And so it's not just about you know, what's in it for me and my liberation. But we're all in it together, and how do we support each other? And it's very clear that this uh, topic of right action is right there in the inter- intersection of self and other and our relationship with each other and, and the sacred realm of caring for each other's hearts. Um, there's certainly a lot of issues to be uh, raised around this. I mean, and I don't expect that this short day today is going to settle every possible issue having to do with uh, these, these, but uh, what I was hoping today that this would um, um, evoke in you a greater sensitivity, uh, consideration um, of what right action is and the value and the importance of it, that you so that you'll give it more thought and more consideration um, uh, as you go through, and especially for this next month, uh, those of you who come regularly to these Dharma practice days, to spend, have this next month uh, be an exploration of this topic. It's always great to find friends you can go for a walk with and talk about it, bring up to them and say, look, I'm thinking about this, these issues and what do you think about this? What's your experience? Um, you can do that sometimes with friends, sometimes with total, total strangers, sit down on the bus next to someone. <laughs> what do you know about right action? <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, um, And then we have here these two handouts and one of them is a series of reflections and practices you might consider doing on a weekly basis before our next class, the next, next meeting in a month. And, um, and what I didn't do, I for, kind of forgot this time, I usually put down in the handouts suggested readings, which come from uh, two books. One is Bhikkhu Bodhi's book called The Eightfold Path, and then there's uh, Bhante Gunaratna's book, The Eightfold... What's it called? Eightfold... Eightfold, 
eight mindful ways to step to happiness. Uh, both are very nice. They're very different from each other, and kind of some people might prefer one over the other. Um, but uh, both of them have chapters on this thing, right action. So I recommend both chapters. Um, but if you have only one, you can read. And some of them, I think that um, the Bhikkhu Bodhi's book um, is on the website called Access to Insight. You, you'll find it online. If you weren't here before to pick up the handouts from the first three cl- uh, days, the, uh, these uh, classes are recorded. And uh, on Audio Dharma, the, under the pra- Dharma, pra- uh, Dharma Practice Day series, you'll see the PDFs of these handouts there so you can get the past ones. And um, so next time, we're going to do right livelihood. So that's the last of the, these middle sections having to do with behavior. And, um, and, you know, it's a big topic and a very interesting topic in its own right. In some ways, it uh, revisits some of these questions of, the, of today and exploring what is right livelihood and, and uh, how do we find our way through this difficult topic and interesting topic. So... Um, and finally, I'd like to say that, uh, as many of you know, the IMC is run entirely by volunteers. It's part of the, the kind of the wonderfulness of the center. It's kind of amazing, right? That there are people. There are people who call or email or from a distance don't know what IMC is, and uh, it's uh, very clear they're relating to us as if we're the kind of you know institution that they would expect from something this big. I mean, there's people who work here and can do things. <laughs> Sometimes we get the emails from people abroad who say, I want to come and live there for a while. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, so it's all volunteers. So it's all based on the generosity of people. And sometimes people are generous and come forward to do things. And some things, because of causes and conditions, the people or the inspiration is not there for certain things. And so some things stop because they don't have to go on. But one of the things that's really nice to go on and on and on is cleaning. And uh, so it's nice to make IMC feel like a clean place, a tidy place, a place that's tended to mindfully. There, uh, yogi, um, um, Terry Lesser comes in tomorrow to do a half day of yoga and meditation. And it's nice for those people when they come to feel like the place is tended to well. So uh, at the end of these days, we ask for about seven or eight people to stay behind for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and do the basic tidying up that's uh, useful. Uh, the four bathrooms, the kitchen, um, the tea area, sweeping the floor because people are eating out there, vacuuming the floor here. And um, do we have seven, eight people who'd volunteer to stay? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> so Gail is the manager. So you can go talk to Gail and she can appoint you to... Um, you know, what needs to be done and um, so you don't all end up cleaning the same bathroom. And I want to thank you very much for coming and participating. It's uh, very meaningful for me to watch you and see you engaged. Each time that I ended the discussion, I felt like I didn't want to because it seemed like there was so much energy and engagement. I felt like I was taking something away or interrupting something that shouldn't be interrupted. But uh, if it felt like you were in the middle of something, I apologize. But um, perhaps those conversations can continue later. Thank you.